This is episode F, Family Relationships. Feeling connected is a basic human need, as vital as air, water, and food. I'm here to talk about bridging the gap between ourselves, our friends and family, life partners, and anyone we come in contact with so we can more fully experience connection. As far as heavenly news, I just kind of wanted to reminisce with you. I am in a bit of a nostalgic mood probably because of thinking of family memories and things like that. But uh, I wanted to get some ice cream with a friend recently and I texted a bunch of people to see who I could go with and no one was really available. So I just decided to drive myself to the ice cream place. Well, I was almost there and I decided to stop by one last friend's house to see if she wanted to go with me. And fortunately, I texted her and she was available to go. And so I said, well, I'm actually already at your house. So she hurried and got dressed and came out and joined me. But anyway, she and I were talking about how it reminded us of college and being spontaneous and just going out and doing things. And I realized that that was something that I kind of missed and wanted to do more. So why not embrace my younger inner self? (laughs) And similarly, some women in my neighborhood have started interest groups. So I'm part of some book clubs, as I may have mentioned, and a play group, of course, and a bunco group is going to get started. I'm in a date group, and a recipe and cooking group is going to be starting soon. So all these clubs, it, it kind of had the same vibe in my head. <laughs> And speaking of clubs, I was talking to a woman who is in a podcast club and I thought that was a great idea. So maybe one day I'll be part of a podcast club too, where you can just talk about podcasts that you're listening to, things that you've learned, things that you take away, because as we know, podcasts are kind of big and a good source of information a lot of the time. I just wanted to take a moment to thank this episode's sponsor, Blue Rock Medical. This month is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and Blue Rock Medical is offering your first mammogram free during the whole month of October. Call them at 801-229-2002 to set up an appointment today. Again, that number is 801-229-2002. Okay, so family relationships. Just to make you aware, this episode's going to start out a little bit heavy, but... I promise we will end on a lighter note, so hang tight. Adversity is often compared to a fire, and in relationships, it can burn it to the ground or it can ignite a commitment to each other that cannot be extinguished. And repairing from disconnection is what helps our relationship strengthen We can all quote, if it doesn't kill you, it will make you stronger. And if it doesn't break you, it'll make you. All those things are true with relationships. I kind of think of it as a similar process to a muscle being built. After you work out, your body repairs or replaces damaged muscle fibers through a cellular process where it fuses muscle fibers together to form new muscle protein strands. In the same way, we come back even stronger, even better after working through hard times and challenging things together. Youthline says, Family life can be a place of refuge and security, but for some, it's a source of pain and disappointment. 
Our families absorb many of the stresses and strains from the outside world, and the pressures can boil over. Sometimes a personal problem, particularly in a young person, can overwhelm a family and there seems to be no clear way forward. At other times, changes within the family leave other members confused or angry and hurt. So I thought of a few different challenges that families might experience. And of course, this list is in no way exhaustive. I know that there are so many problems that families face these days. And it reminds me of a quote that if everyone's problems were heaped into a big pile, most of us would be content to just take our own and leave because uh, there are just so many hard things out there. And my heart aches for you for whatever you're going through because I know trials are unique to no one. Some of those challenges might be abuse, addiction, the choices that others make differ from your own, communication or lack thereof, divorce for any reason, infidelity, grief, infertility, jealousy and fighting, mental health, parents arguing, pornography, suicide, unemployment, and money issues. And I'm sure the trials are different based on the season of life that you're in. If you're growing up or if you've grown and have your own family, it can look so different from family to family. Growing up, I had a nuclear family, a mom and a dad, an older brother, and two younger sisters. We were very tight-knit, very close. We ate dinner as a family every night. Everything was going well. And then the market crashed in 2008. This put a lot of stress and pressure on my dad as the main provider and source of family income. And his health started to decline. He had these massive migraines and he wasn't eating very well at work. Just a variety of different things. And unfortunately, one thing led to another and he was diagnosed with bipolar To me, he became a completely different person. He was not the dad I grew up with. He didn't have his normal sense of humor, spouting off jokes and riddles all the time. And this led to a divorce of my parents shortly before I got married. This has affected my family in a big way. My dad goes through cycles of varying involvement in our lives, which is understandable with the bipolar. Sometimes he'll go off his medication. Other times he'll be on it, but just not the same. He'll reach out a lot, will reach out a lot, but it's definitely a new normal. This has been so hard in my life and my husband has been very supportive through it all because he's known me ever since this has been going on. And it hurts. The change is different. It's something that you long for. You crave that relationship that you had the way it used to be. I'm thinking of doing another episode in the future about navigating mental health and a relationship because it's a tough one. With any conflict in a relationship, it's important first and foremost to talk, to listen, be respectful, keep that line of communication open, hear each other out, have family meetings as time allows, all of it. Just be involved, connect in any way you know how, be a good communicator, be a good listener. Number two, 
deal with the issue at hand. (laughs) Don't bring up old arguments. I know my sisters and I used to do this. Whenever we had a problem, we'd always bring up the past. Well, you did such and such. You used to do this. You did that. It doesn't do any good to dwell on the past. Again, focus on the issue at hand. And number three, find solutions together. Have a solution mindset. Focus on the solution, not the problem. And if needed, compromise. Come to an agreement that works for both of you. Okay, and on a lighter note, if it isn't broken, don't fix it. There are plenty of memories, hopefully, that we have with our family members that bring a smile to our face or traditions that we have together. In this episode, I'm combining the salty and the sweet, so it's time for the sweet. I asked several people to send me a voicemail of a family memory or a tradition, again, just something that made them smile, so we'll head right into those. A couple of family memories come to mind when I think of family relationships. The first is, growing up, we would make eggnog, make eggnog with our family, and we would do this around either Christmas or New Year's, and it was just special for us because it was a recipe that has been carried down through our family for about three or four generations now. And so that's just kind of neat to learn about where the recipe came from and what it meant to our those that lived before us and why it's still special to us today. And so I think recipes and cooking can bring families together and... Like I said, just learning where the recipe came from and why it became important throughout our family. We even keep the recipe secret, so that's kind of fun. Uh, The next is, growing up, we didn't really have a lot of money, which was fine. We went on a lot of road trips, so to make memories. And I just remember stopping along the way, and we would try to find activities to do, and one of the things we like to do is find small arcades or bowling alleys, pass the time and go bowling. And I remember one specific trip, my dad ended up buying a bowling ball. And he had loved bowling previous, before this, these family trips. But it was fun to see his love for bowling grow. And then also after these family trips, I think we got more into bowling as a family. So I think that just finding small ways and time together as a family and um, doing things together. And for this specific memory, it was a way to connect with my dad, um, but also it brought our siblings together and we still like to go bowling today. So it became a fun memory from that stemmed from family vacations. Hi, Jen asked me to record a message about some memories of my childhood or when I was raising my children. So a memory from my childhood is we would take road trips to either Oregon or Utah. I grew up in California. And so my dad especially was 
anxious to get to the destination. He didn't want to stop at any landmarkers. Or if we had to go to the bathroom, he would say, I'm so sorry, kids. I missed the exit. We'll have to wait to the next one, which was probably 30 more minutes or something, which was very, very frustrating. But that's what I remember about road trips. And to this day, I don't like to go on long road trips. That's from my childhood. But raising my children, I have a memory, few memories. One of them was on the 4th of July, every year after their dad got off work, we would go to Albertsons and buy a chicken dinner, which came with fried chicken, rolls, a couple of salads, and we would take it to the park and have a picnic dinner on the 4th of July. Before that, during the day, I would take the kids to the local parade, and we enjoyed a day uh, celebrating the 4th of July like this. Thanks, Jim. So one of my favorite memories as a child was when we all would go down to the, uh, to the park that was by our house, and we'd all play freeze tag. And I'm the second oldest of 10 kids, so there was a lot of us. And we would, <laughs> it was so fun, because we would, um, it was all us kids against my dad. And my dad was fast, right? And we were just little kids, and so he put up a good fight. Um, but there were so many of us, and it was just so much fun. So anyway, at the end of the game, um, he normally won, um, got us all. Because when you play freeze tag, you stay in one spot until someone that's alive comes and taps you, and then you're free again. Um, and so the game goes on for a very, very long time, and I just remember by the end we were exhausted, and it was a really fun game that we played as a family. And so, yeah, such good memories as a child. Back in the early 70s, I was probably a young teenager. A treat for us was to go to the Savon Drugstore in Southern California where we lived. At the time, half gallon of ice cream was 59 cents. And my dad always bought vanilla. Well, after a number of times of this, I remember questioning him. Why not get something else, especially chocolate chip, my favorite. Of course, my sister would have wanted Rocky Road. Dad's response was vanilla was the best because you could put any kind of topping on it. Well, that was all well and good, but we never had any toppings of any kind to put on it. Oh, well, now I buy my own ice cream, chocolate chip. I'm going to share a couple of my favorite family traditions, one of which we, while I was growing up, me and my siblings, when we went on road trips, we would create songs with events that happened on the trip, funny things, bad things, jokes, just little things like that so we could remember the trips and also a fun way to bond as siblings. Uh, we would usually reject our parents' ideas. Um, sometimes we picked the song first to the tune. We did it to like nursery rhymes, but when we got a little more advanced and we did it to like popular music, but it was fun and we still laugh about them today. Another fun tradition I remember is Christmas Eve. We 
would do a buffet of smorgasbord of food. So it could be totally random, just your favorite food item that you wanted. And we would all make the item or buy it or, and we'd have a fun random buffet. It wasn't themed or anything. It was just fun of all our favorite foods. And yeah, those are a couple of my favorite family memories. One of my favorite things about kids is how they kind of um, mix up phrases when they're still learning them. So my brother, one of my favorites was um, they would say yesternight and yesterday. And my girls, uh, their most recent thing has been um, it's either um, upside down or upside up. And at first I just thought they were mishearing what I was saying. And then I realized, no, they're just literally going with the opposite. And I just absolutely love it. So I don't even correct them because I just think it's adorable. Oh, also, another one of my favorites was my oldest used to say movie for gators. And I thought it was just a, you know, mispronunciation until one time she was drawing a picture of the movie theaters and it had a bunch of windows with alligators in them and so I realized she was really saying movie for gators <laughs> and that's what she thought the movie theaters were. Again it's your uncle Kent. Uh, the family story I have to tell you, I have many, but this is the one that I have to tell you before the others, is about the April Fools. Uh, day in the Johnson family. Every April Fool's, I pull the best prank on my boys. Well, this time, Zach and Spence, this year, they, they were in high school, and they weren't going to take it, so they knew that, that something was going to go uh, on. So I had my friend from the base type out an official letter, and what it said was, uh, the bases were being closed by Hillary Clinton. And she was coming in because she was, uh, I think, Secretary of State. And she's driving in downtown Islands, and Rotary was protesting, so they we made up signs. So at first, they didn't believe it, and then they saw the letter. And so Reagan must have been eight. The boys were freshmen, ran the freshman, sophomore. And so uh, we get to McDonald's on the corner of Challenge and Patterson. And I go, man, we're hungry, Dad. And I go, okay, why don't you guys go get a hamburger real quick and then come out. And your brother, Reagan, and I will go over to the other side of the corner. So we get out there and we're protesting and people are just looking at us and they're like, wow. And so, you know, it says, don't let Hillary Clinton close our base. And then I had Reagan turn the sign around saying, April Fools, <laughs> Zachary and Reagan. Zachary and Spencer go, oh man, they threw the signs down, went to the car, so we're driving home, and then Spencer goes, oh no, and I go, what happened? And then he goes, when we went to get a hamburger, we saw our Spanish teacher, Mr. Conte, and we told him what we were doing, so he's coming back in an hour <laughs> protest with us, and that was on a Friday, <laughs> Man, you guys are in so much trouble coming Monday. And I just had to pull over and start laughing, keep laughing. That's the story. April Fool's Day. <laughs>
I'll pop in here and share some of mine. I decided to share one for each sibling. So again, I have an older brother and two younger sisters. My older brother was the classic older brother, full of tricks and teasings and all that good stuff for his younger sisters. And so I remember one time on a Saturday, we were eating lunch and I was particularly annoyed by him and I threatened to fling my macaroni and cheese at him from my fork. And he was egging me on, oh, you're not going to do it, you know. And sure enough, I did. And it went all over the blinds behind him. I missed (laughs) but I did it just like I said I would. (laughs) Okay, the next is my sister, Kristen. She's three years younger than me, but she's definitely the twin that I never had. We were very close, very tight-knit. We liked similar things we looked alike. And I remember one specific summer day we had planned a spa day, so we painted our nails and got ice cream, and it was just a really good fun day. She felt a lot more like my friend than my sister growing up. And then my youngest sister, Holly, she is so sweet. She was always so fun to have around because she wanted to play games. She wanted to do things. And like that typical little sister, she always wanted to be with Kristen and I. And me being the oldest sister, I wasn't always the nicest. And kind of bossy and no, you need to go do your own thing instead of playing with us. But I do remember I was five years old when she was born. And I do remember going to see her in the hospital. She was born on December 23rd, hence the name Holly. And I remember I got a doll for that Christmas, a water baby. But I do remember her at the hospital and her coming home and it was a lot of fun. So it's cool that I could still remember her being born. And me being a mother now, having my own kids, I understand that the love you have for each child is different, just like I had a different love for my siblings. I loved them all, but it was just in a different way. And it's been interesting to see our relationship evolve as time goes on, too. Hi, my name is Ashlyn, and my favorite family memory, or at least one of them, is when I was about 10 to 12 years old, and... It was one night when there was a power outage, and it was really dark. My little sister and I, who was um, about five or seven, we were kind of scared because it was so dark. My dad decided to lighten the mood by playing the game Sardines, and that's where one person goes and hides, and everyone tries to find them, with flashlights, of course, since it was dark. Um, And then once you find them, you hide with them until there's one person left, and then they're it for the next round. So it was my dad's turn, and he's a big, muscly guy. And for some reason, we just could not find him. We looked and looked, and he was nowhere to be found in our big house. And come to find, after searching for what seemed like forever, he had lifted our living room couch, which was pretty big, and hid underneath. And since it was dark and the flashlights couldn't see too well, We didn't realize how askew the couch was. (laughs) And so once we found him, it was really funny how he had just lifted the couch and crawled right underneath and hid there for about 20 to 30 minutes while we were trying to find him. So every time I see that couch, all I can think about is how my dad, my big muscly dad, had somehow crawled underneath 
and hid there for 30 minutes. <laughs> One memory I have as a kid is when we would host some dancers from the World Folk Fest. Um, I believe we had people stay from Denmark, Hungary, and a few other uh, countries, mostly from Europe. And then as we got older, we also had some foreign exchange students from Japan, and that was fun. We had some boys and girls, and they would go to school, and we would get to eat with them and teach them things about our culture. So that's kind of something fun that as I've grown up, um, we've always learned about other cultures and just kind of learned about different people and how they act and what they they do and how they live and that's been been fun and I think that helped me as I actually lived in Brazil for a couple of years on my mission to kind of learn about other cultures as well. Hello again, jumping back on here. I had a couple people who sent me written responses so I thought I'd share those right now. One said, a favorite family memory is going on dates with my dad. On Saturday mornings when I was younger, he would take me to the library and afterwards we would get a treat. We would either go to Kent's for carrot cake or to Peach City for a shake. When we finished, we would go to the park. It was something simple, but it left a good impression. And the other is an acrostic poem by my Aunt Janice. Well, she's actually my great aunt. We call her Aunt Janice just because we're so close and it's a lot easier to say. But she's my dad's aunt. But we've always loved going to her house and hanging out with her. So she says, F, family is my foundation. A, a time for love and encouragement. M, making memories for a lifetime. I, I love yous. L, lots of laughter. Y, you are mine forever. Hey, so Jen wanted me to leave a voicemail about a family memory or tradition. And um, one that I can remember that is just something that is always special to me is every summer when I lived in Nebraska, um, we would always drive from Nebraska to Utah every summer. Um, just for my dad's work, um, but also to see family as well, because both of my grandparents both lived out here, so we come here for the summertime. Um, but on our way out was, like, always the memories that we had, um, because we, I'm the youngest of seven, and we drove a Suburban, and, um, you know, we would leave really early and um, try to drive, you know, just the 12 hours. We'd always make it in one day. And so we'd leave really early and get there around for probably five or six at night. But every single time, every single summer, no matter what, on the way there, on the way back, if my dad ever stopped at the Flying J gas station, our car would always break down. I don't know what it was with that gas station or why our car always broke down, but we always broke down at that gas station. So there's times where we would drive to the gas station and my dad was just find Jay, and we're like, Dad, no, don't go there, don't go there. Don't do that gas station, we're going to break down. And he was like, well, I'm just going to try it out. I just want to see how it'll be. And, of course, my dad starts trying to go with the engine and everything, and it wouldn't start. And we try again, and it wouldn't start. And this is, like, every single time after we usually got gas, sometimes it would just be if we just parked our car. Um, and so it was just 
I don't know. We now see, like, anytime I see a Flying J now, I'm always like, oh, better not go there because a car's going to break down. And so it's just funny that, like, time after time, I don't know what it was with that gas station, but literally our car would always break down. Um, but just going on those road trips was always just bringing back memories. And I know now today, like, with my siblings, as we're all older now, it's fun to just talk about how we can always just laugh about the times like we went on our road trips and how our car always broke down. And so it's just a good fun memory with my family. Thank you so much to everyone who sent me a voicemail. I really appreciate you giving me some of your time and sharing some of those memories. Hopefully you enjoyed it as well. It started out as a trickle. I got one here, one there, and then all of a sudden I had so many. So thank you. This was really fun to have a big collection of different memories and experiences. Thanks for sticking it out for a longer episode, and I will talk to you again next week. I have neglected to ask for reviews lately, but as always, please, please, please leave a review. That helps people find and discover the show, and it means so much to me. Unfortunately, you can only do it if you're an Apple iPhone user, for some reason, through iTunes, or whatever it's called now. Clearly, I'm an Android user. But my podcast statistics say that the majority of listeners have iPhones, so if you're in that group, go leave a review. Thank you!